Hi everyone, it's Andy and Joel on the Stay Hungry podcast and today we're going to be talking about how your environment affects your mindset. I always want to leave that playing longer. I'm pretty sure you used to do a newsletter and we called it Mindset Matters. We had one called Marketing Matters, I'm sure we talked about mindset. Because it's a podcast. You think it was a load of bollocks. Yeah. Mindset. Well, we've sorted you out now with that, haven't we? Yeah, I just wonder why. Maybe it's on. It's on. Ev- it's on everyone. Great start to my mindset podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's all load of bollocks. I used to think it was a load of bollocks. Brilliant. Um, I think most business owners are switched on, or at least acknowledging of, of the importance of a healthy and a, and a good and a positive mindset. Mind you, maybe some old school people still think it's a load of bollocks, but your environment and who you hang around with, of course, and that who you hang around with and where you hang around. That's important. Well, so you're, the pro- you you, work. you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with. Who's okay, that? Don't depress me. Well, one of those is me. <laughs> oh, God, even worse. I was getting my mother, not you. Brilliant. Sorry, Mum. Brilliant. Okay. Should we end it there? <laughs> That'll do. Mindset, yeah, it's, it's, it's important. All right. No, yeah. mindset is, is I, I, if there's anyone that thought, ah, I've got more important things to worry about, it, it, it was me, but really realise that some of the challenges you have in business, uh, you you need to you need to have the, the the skills to to reframe a lot of stuff. Mental resilience. Yeah, because I mean, we've probably all at some point had to do telesales to, to to get the business in, and you're told you know on the phone all day, and all you hear is no, 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 no. You could really easily. Give it. And to be honest, telesales is almost like one of those jobs you think everyone should do. Everyone should maybe wait tables and bloody do telesales. Should we tell like this a passenger. Can you imagine? Oh, well. Who is it? There's a company we know, isn't it, that they send every, one week every year they send their team to work somewhere else. And I, one year they yeah. sent them all to Moneypenny and they all had to do telephone answering. I remember like one job I had and it would be over 100 calls a day. And sometimes you wouldn't get a single sale. So you think over 100 telephone calls a day and you've just heard no 100 times. It's, and you need to be able to pull something out of the bag to, to, to let you turn up to work the next day. And it's only when later on you realise, well, actually, well, I, sp- I, spend, I spend a lot of time with him or with her and I feel better because of it. I spend a lot of time with him or her and I feel worse because of it. And, well, it's not rocket science when you actually sit down to think about it. It's about who you have no. around with matters a lot. The, the, there's an element to that, though. And I, I've been a victim of this. In the, well, victims have been a strong way of putting it. But sometimes you hang around with the people that you feel most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So maybe you feel comfortable around them because you're the smart one of the group or you're the sporty one of the group or, or whatever it might be. But are those the people that are going to make you a better person? So that whole, and I used to really struggle with this. I remember, I think you were there actually. Um, we used to attend a, like a networking lunch when we were much smaller business. Uh, those shiny suit days. I was still wearing a shiny suit back then. But that was not that because the I thought, one. Because I, thought I had to. One. I had a grey one and a blue one. Yeah, I remember blue one. Grey one was very nice. And. In my mind, and I was in my mid-twenties at the time, 
walking into this lunch. It was literally called a business luncheon as well. I'd never heard anyone use the word luncheon other than my nan when she's talking about tinned meat. And, well, uh, luncheon vouchers. Yeah. And uh, it's basically Shropshire's finest getting together to have a beer and a bit of lunch. And that was a massively intimidating environment for me at the time. And I'd... I didn't think it was developing me as a person. If anything, I thought it was making me feel like shit. But over time, I became more confident in that environment. And then there were certain people I noticed in the room. I thought, bloody hell, you're going places. I'd like to spend more time with you. And I think at one of the Christmas ones, one of the guys who is very successful now took us out for cocktails afterwards. And it was, it was, you know, really nice. But it took a fair leap of me coming outside of my comfort zone from the people I was used to hanging out with to feel comfortable hanging out with people who, who I perceived as high flyers. Yeah, networking is... I think we learned a lot, didn't we, about mindset and about, and about people at these networking things. Because there are... We know there are people who turn up to a networking thing once, didn't get any business, load of bollocks, and they never turn again. There are others who, who, who know they need to be doing it, and they find it a struggle, but they stick with it. I, I, I remember... I can't remember told you the story but uh, a client I invited to network it didn't turn up twice and there was me getting really pissed off about it I only found out months later both times he turned up he'd sat in the car park shaking too nervous to come in I and remember I felt, that re- felt really bad about that and and well we talk a lot about stepping outside of your comfort zone but perseverance and not letting knockbacks not in letting people who you might think are more successful than you intimidate you it's it take, takes some learning yeah whether that is okay. i'm sure not it's not just a case of picking up a book and reading about mindsets but over time that does compound and if you hang around the right people uh expose yourself to the right sort of media then yeah which is a problem i think a lot of especially younger people are having now i've got young children I yeah this. they're surrounded on on instagram by super successful super thin people they're surrounded by perfection and yeah. perfection is not real yeah no. everyone should read that stephen barclay book keep plugging it yeah, some of the quotes i've seen from that i definitely got there's another book available at the moment that's really good you know <laughs> stay hungry <laughs> how to create marketing that sells even in the new economy be more visible reach more people get more sales Ba-bum. available through all leading bookshops or just visit cobrake.co.uk that's probably better <laughs> so another thing with uh, being a product of your environment if you start to feel like a big fish in a small pond you're hanging around with the wrong people so networking is a good way to explain this but you and I have both been in too many network groups to count every over time but there will come a point in every business's journey, and there's no right or wrong about this, because you could send a junior member of your staff and they would still benefit from that group, where you outgrow your network group. And if you're the one that everybody is turning to all the time, but not necessarily willing to pay for, and if you're the one that can't really get answers from other people in the room anymore because then they're not going through the same experiences as you, you've perhaps outgrown that group. And that happened to both you and I in various groups. We're in other network groups. It's not, you know, it's not a criticism of those groups. There, There's plenty of groups where I would send our team to now. But we joined a business mentorship program where we have a monthly mastermind. And the first time you and I walked into that room, we were like, holy shit, there is some 
serious people in this room talking about some really serious stuff in terms of investors, people on their boards, problems with senior management staff, problems with property portfolios. And you and I sat there saying, well, yeah, but do you think our business card's any good? (laughs) And over time, we've grown into that group. And now we're, you know, I'd like to think we're mutually respected members of the group. It's always to ask, what's your advice for you about joining a networking group or a mastermind or anything like that? It's like, yeah, you want to be the weakest person in the room. Yeah. You want those people to pull you up the ladder. If you just want to be the big fish at the top going, oh, everyone comes to me for advice. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the, almost like the self-appointed guru of this group. Then you just waste your time. You've reached your peak. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where, if you listen to this podcast, bearing in mind it's called the Stay Hungry podcast, you don't believe that you could ever reach your peak. And that's the that's the difference if if you're a business owner that constantly strives to improve constantly strives to better themselves and you're in any groups where you're the top of the pile you need to change which groups you're in so what about where you hang around so this is an interesting one for us so we've just refurbed our office as you know and prior to this um it's a nice office it's always been a nice office and certainly especially like pine (laughs) Certainly, we've always been punching above our weight in terms of the office space we've had. We've, we've really made some sacrifices in the early days to have this space. But not all the lights worked. They flickered a little bit. The blinds weren't great. We were constantly having to tidy them up. We inherited the furniture. We didn't necessarily have everything branded up and decorated. If we needed to do a presentation, we had to get a bloody roller projector screen out and put a projector out. The beer fridge was full, kind of, sometimes. Just all these little things. And through the 18 months or so of lockdown, you and I turned to each other and said, right, well, if we're ever going to do it, now's the time to do it. We've left it a bit late, but let's hit it with a hammer. And I'm not joking. Every time I walk into this office now, I, f- I feel like I've grown two inches. It's it's Me like... Me too. I'm like, I feel like five foot seven now. <laughs> But it's it's just immediately lifting as soon as you as soon as you open, well as soon as you see the signs you drive into the car park it's like yeah this is putting me in the right mindset to do what I do and I I don't really enjoy working from home anyway it's not my bag walking in here it's not pride it's like a it's like putting your football boots on ready to play a football match is how I describe it it's like yeah I'm ready now I've, I, let's do this. Yeah, I good good for the co-break crew, good for clients, good for potential clients. And we know it's it's all about purpose as well. It's not style over substance. Everything here has been designed and laid out with a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's good for clients to know that we're investing in the business. It's good for our, our staff, our crew to know we've invested in our business. We we are serious about this. So when they walk in in the morning, it's like, yeah, this is a this is a cool office. I'm happy to be here. No, I don't expect it to make people cartwheel in on a Monday morning. But, you know, we know there are people who are literally shoved into cubicles, like some sort of, like, factory chickens, and they're not allowed to speak to each other. It's like, I'm not judging if that if that's what they have to do or, or even want to do, but it's not what I want for our for our team. I want to kind of think, yeah, this is nice. You know, the pool table's coming soon. We've got the big screen TV. That's great, you know. 
I'm quite looking forward to the Tour de France. Not sure the rest of the team are. But importantly, that big TV is there now. Because, yeah, someone isn't there fanning about getting a projector screen up when you've got a client in. We can show them their ad results on a big fuck-off screen TV. Yeah. Well, yeah. Didn't need to drop the F-bomb in there. But, but it makes it a did, difference, it doesn't it? It makes a difference. Yeah. Who says size doesn't matter? You've said that quite a few times, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Think about Emma. Um, yeah. How big is it? Uh, 65-inch, I think. So, so literally, Mr. Magoo could, could see that. Yeah. Oh, that's a hell of a reference. Steve Wonder? <laughs> yeah. that I'm not sure you can say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even Stevie Wonder could see our TV. It's so big. Jesus. Yeah, it's. It, I, I just. I, I just love it because. Yeah, of course it hasn't been cheap. But like you say, you you're going to hit it with a hammer. It's no point doing a little bit. We'll, we'll get rid of like some of the the old pine furniture, but not all of it. It's like time to double down. If if thirty percent of marketers really have been made redundant during lockdown then rather than battening down the hatches or, or making people redundant like, like some other firms are doing, oh yeah, we're doubling down. We're investing in the people and in the premises. And like I say, it's, it's not just who's in the crew to get inspired and motivated and to bounce ideas and to learn off each other. That's important. It's also important where you spend so much of your time. And if you're going to be spending eight hours a day somewhere, this is what we want it to be like. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that makes it... And like you say, if you, if you, if the business owner walks in and feels two inches taller from, from what we've done here, that can only be a good thing. You're in a better place to attack the day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Martha in our team said something lovely to us yesterday. And she was talking about the new apprentice and she said, he doesn't realise how lucky he is because he's never worked anywhere else. And that's the impact I want the environment we've built to have on our team is that they go home to their parents or their loved ones or whoever they live with and be like, you won't believe where we work. It's brilliant. We work hard, but it's a great place to be. And that's it's so humbling when somebody says something like that to you. No, we're, we're serious about this. And it's, like I say, it's, it's hard to think, well, I'm, I want to change the world or I want to, what does Steve Jobs say? I want to make, make a, a ding in the universe and you walk into a shit office. Again, not that it was shit before, but we knew it wasn't where we ideally wanted yeah. it to be. And that's, that's what we wanted. So, yeah, we are taking it serious to have it affirmed every time we walk in, uh, even if it's that placebo of making you feel better, stronger, more confident, whatever it might be. And if part of that reason is what you see around you, I'm, I'm all for it and I'll spend money on it any day of the week, just like I'd spend money to be in a room full of business owners more successful than me. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. we know other people wouldn't. It's like, well, I want to be the big fish. I'm not going to join that group. I'll join the little farty group because then they can look up to me as some kind of guru. Well, that's great for your ego, but it ain't going to make your boat go any faster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I mean, there's so many things going on with the environment here that are important. One, obviously, makes us feel 10 feet tall when we walk in. Massive. But... The whole point is it puts our customers in the right frame of mind when they come to sit with us. It puts our suppliers in the right frame of mind when they deliver to us. I mean, I've just had a little bit of a ding-dong of a courier now, and it was 
Well, I can assure you that they didn't deliver the parcel because we're all here. How do I know we're all here? Well, there's a massive bloody sign on the building that says code break, and there's ten of us in here chatting away to each other, or nine of us today. Um, and they know that they deliver to us a lot. So it's just that little bit of, all oh, right, we better get this back to you today because that's not okay. No, this is cool. Like I say, from the, the moment that the plan always has been, from the moment someone turns up, again, whether it's a member of staff, potential client, clients, parking right outside the building, they get buzzed in, warmly welcomed, nice tea and coffee, comfortable seats. It's It's all... It's all got a purpose. Yeah. And like I say, there's no point spending all the, all this money on, on reading stuff about mindset, about confidence, if, if you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people or the wrong environment, because it will just negate all, all that good work. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's a, that old picture that's done the rounds loads of times. It's a picture of Jeff Bezos sat I think in 1996 or something. In his garage? Yeah, with just Amazon written in like sort of shit lighting on the wall and just to show where he was and where he is now. And he couldn't have got where he wanted by just staying in that garage. We all have to start somewhere. And me and you, bloody hell, we started in our back bedrooms. We started off paying ourselves with petrol money, eating bloody nothing, cheese sandwiches for like three months or whatever it was. Yeah, cheese sandwiches. Cheese sandwiches. Oh, you didn't have cheese in yours? Sandwich paste. Oh, (laughs) Oh my god, sandwich paste, is that still a thing? Those little the little glass jars, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. That you could probably buy with luncheon vouchers. <laughs> I'm not even sure what it tasted of. It just I wouldn't even want to know what was in it really. Yeah, it's sort of like a gamey livery. Whatever they sort of swept and brushed off the factory floors, I think. Yeah, well, I built an empire, right? So <laughs> well, I remember I worked at this um powdered soup what do you call it a powdered soup like cup of soup yeah sort of like that way yeah you just add boiling water well bloody hell you'll you'll never drink cup of soup or like powdered soup again just what i saw going into the vats really scarred me yes at one point sexual relations not with me i should say uh, a couple of workers and it's like wow yeah they were in the soup they were in the vat Mm. What a strange place to decide to I do that. Maybe it's a thing. There's probably a name for it. For soup powder sex. I think it's just any kind Things of Things I never vat. thought I'd say any on the Stay Hungry podcast. I think it's just any kind of big vat. <laughs> can we lock ourselves in this vacuum-sealed vat and see how long we can survive whilst making sweet love? Hmm. See the appeal. <laughs> I was hungry. I'm not now. Yeah, I'm never going to eat cup of soup again. Yeah, how do we get on to talk about that subject? Environment. Oh yeah, yeah, really, yeah. So, talk to me about the fact that there are certain environments that you can't avoid. So, mm. you know, it's all well and good refurbing the office and hanging out with people more successful than you are. And by success, I don't necessarily mean wealthier. I mean hanging out with the Dalai Lama would certainly have a positive effect on you in terms of wealth no wealth so what about you know you can't choose your family is a is a clear way to say it or maybe you can't afford to move house and the neighbors are a nightmare what how do you make sure that you're in the right mindset when you've got that going on 
I mean, some people are better at this than others, but I know plenty of people that have made tough decisions when it comes to who they spend their time with. And sometimes that can be people in their family. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be people who realise that they they need to, to end a relationship because it's just not good for them. Yep. Um, I know people, and this is, this is a, a financial thing that won't be comfortable for everyone, but people who... Um, they they won't drive to meetings. They will get driven to meetings. Um, who won't go on the train because it's just not the environment they need to, that's conducive to, to being however the they right need mindset. to feel to feel like yeah in the right mindset for a big meeting. Um, I, I feel like that about the tube. I, I think if I had a big meeting across town in London, getting an Uber, which you know isn't just not super luxury. I'm not getting chauffeur driven. I think is better than squeezing yourself onto the tube in a suit, arriving there sweaty and not in the right mindset. I mean, even basic things like university interviews, I always drove the day before and just put up in a travel lodge or something because driving on the day, bursting in, asking where the nearest toilet is, isn't putting you in the right mindset for achieving what you want to achieve. Yeah, it's it's not all the time, but a lot of time, there are choices, and, and some people can make hard choices more easily than others. Other people can say, listen, Uncle Bob, I love you, but I've got to spend a lot less time with you because you're a bad influence. And other people just wouldn't have the heart to say that to Uncle Bob. Yeah, someone very, very close to me the other day, close to me in, in relation, said to me, have you blocked my phone number? And uh, obviously it's not the easiest thing to tell someone that you've blocked their phone number. But some of the work I'm doing on myself... In the back of my mind, like, no, you you need to take ownership for that action. You did it for reasons that you believe to be right, so just tell the truth. Yes, I blocked your phone number because I didn't like some of the content I used to receive. I don't need that in my life. And they said, fair enough. It was tough. Very tough. But that's what I needed to do. I've got a wife to think about. I've got business to think about. And tough choices. So much in life is is about choices. And what did you say eight ago about <clears throat> there are heroes and victims? Yeah. And th- there, there are some people who, who just everything's always conspiring against them. They'll never take ownership of everything. And, and, and a lot of the time, you, you drill down. It's, I know you made a choice to hang around with him. Yeah. Uh, um, you made the choice not to leave him or her, you made the choice to join a business networking group with people who just put you down rather than pull you up. Yeah. So you some, made that so, choice. someone not too far away from us now, but I won't say who in case the Hope people, the people, no, you'll, you, you'll get it when I say it. Um, they know a husband and wife obviously live very, very similar lives. So they hang out with the same people. They eat in the same places, they sleep together One's a pessimist, one's an optimist. The pessimist cannot believe how they're coping with all the shits going on. And the optimist can't believe how great their life is. And they're living the same life. All the difference is his mindset. And I thought that's a really fascinating insight into some people is that some people will notice all the shit going on in their lives and not notice any of the positive. Yeah. I'm not asking for someone to get their tiny violin. Eh? I got a lot of shit going on in my life. I got some great stuff going on in my life too, and I'm fortunate that I'm in a position now 
where I'm able to focus on the good stuff. I said to my eldest daughter the other day, do your best to focus on what you have, not on what you haven't got. Yeah. And she, I mean, I mean she wanted this gaming computer and, you know, sizable investment. Uh, well, cost really, I don't get anything out of it. Um, all right, went on and on about it. Wait, wait. Anyway, it's her birthday. So get this gaming computer. Really cool, like glowing keyboard and, and all this shit. Just looks like another computer, to be honest. But anyway, she's got this. Happy. Well, I say happy. Happy in that moment. And here we are a few weeks later. Like, are you now happier as a person than you were? Well, are then? you more fulfilled? Yeah. And trying to explain that to a young, you know, kids, obviously quite difficult. But that happiness versus contentment, the happiness about having a thing is, is just, it's just is temporary. So I, I, I want to work really hard. Why? Oh, I want to get a Lamborghini, right? You've got your Lamborghini now. What? Oh, uh, I want another Lamborghini. Oh, I want a Ferrari. But you know what? Someone will always have more, more Lamborghinis than you or a better Ferrari than you. And that contempt, that contentment in business as well, um, even though, again, there's a difference in contentment and uh, complacency and comfort. Yes. Or to, I'm, ha- I'm happy with this. I- I'm not hungry enough for the next move. Like we, we talk about not being able to help businesses that, right, oh, I'm at, I'm at capacity now. Or, yeah, I yeah, can't, can't take any more work on. Well, bloody recruit then. Put your prices up. Yeah, put your price up. Take on more. Oh, no, I don't want. And that's fine. Be you worried about working you're, with you're Yeah. Yeah. I think I was fascinating, isn't it? I was talking uh, to my mum about mindset, and I said, look, if you're fulfilled or content, as you put it, you can be sad, but it's okay. So something terrible could happen. You could have a death in your family or whatever, but as long as you're fulfilled as a person, you'll probably be all right. And equally, if something nice happens, you'll gain a lot more from it. So you get given a gaming computer, you win a new client, your book does well. Because you're fulfilled, the joy that comes with that is far more, it tops you up even more. Yeah. Where if you're unfulfilled, so I don't know, you might have self-confidence issues, it might be um, you've got terrible things going on in your life that you just can't get past. It might be you hate your job. Then when something sad happens, it really eats at you. And equally, when something good happens, it's very temporary. And that fulfillment is something that not many people are talking about. Stephen Bartlett's a good one. He talks about it in his book. But everyone's chasing the dream and forgetting to see what they've got right now. And it's quite sad when you when you think of it like that. Yeah, I mean, it is really corny to talk about, oh, you don't need much to be happy in life. And oh, all we had when I was a kid was, a, a, you know, a bath in the, in, in the that big tin in front of the fire once a week. And, you know, it has to be like that, of course. Yeah, I, I would rather cry in a Porsche than on a bicycle. But it is about being happy with what you've got. The people in your life, obviously, you can go deeper to all sorts of health. And, yeah, of course, health is the most important thing around. But if if people are taking more out of you than putting in, and that carries on and on and on, it will just have such a big effect on you yeah, to yeah. succeed in business, to succeed in life, to, to succeed in your marriage. Yeah, if it, if it was physical, not mental, if someone was just constantly punching you, you'd eventually walk away from that. So if somebody's constantly draining on you, I mean, it might be that they're just constantly a drain. They're a fun sponge. They mm. suck the life out of you. That's within your control to take that away. You're not obliged 
to hang around with that person. They're not if they're not willing to change, you're not going to be able to change them. Oh, oh, it's a deep one today, Joel. So what's what's the summary? You're a product of your environment, so sort your environment out. Well, what you said at the beginning, who who you hang around it matters a lot. Not as important, but pretty close is where you hang around it matters a lot. Nice one. Thank <laughs> you.